You're listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine, a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations. Hi, everyone. Some of our top scientific minds are devoted to the study of corporate disclosure. IR Magazine has diligently covered the practical implications of this vast body of empirical insight for more than 70 editions. But now, a new report calls into question the very premise upon which that academic edifice has been built. What researchers are going to take away from this is, wow, IROs are much more involved in disclosure events than what we have given them credit for in the past. A major survey of 600 U.S. IROs uncovers their powerful influence in shaping the corporate narrative. I tell you, don't get no respect. But the findings also highlight the critical importance of the quarterly earnings conference call. That was one of the strongest results in the paper in the whole study, that these conference calls are just the most important task that an IRO has, period, bar none. Coming up, we'll parse the dynamics of earnings conference calls with study co-author Nate Sharp. But first... Here's this week's IR update. More and more institutional investors are making decisions based on non-financial performance. A new EY survey shows more than 90% of investors think ESG issues have real, quantifiable impacts on a company's performance. Almost as many said firms aren't doing enough to disclose those risks. Eleven more IR professionals have earned NERI's IR Charter credential. The third cohort passed the IRC exam in March. IR Magazine's Ben Ashwell asks NERI's new president, Gary LeBranch, about the critical importance of the IR function. If you think about it, investor relations professionals uh, help Americans make investment decisions, the investment decisions that could power their retirement or uh, a college fund for someone uh, or uh, their regular day-to-day lives. And so NERI, as the investor relations organization, needs to be inclusive because our mission is to perhaps to help create the best possible investor relations professionals. This year's NERI conference in Orlando gets underway June 4th. Circles in Washington continue turning towards Wall Street. Former Goldman Sachs bailout lawyer Jay Clayton was sworn in as SEC chairman last week. Clayton is expected to focus on ways to cut regulation governing IPOs. Meanwhile, the U.S. House Financial Services Committee approved repeal of parts of the Dodd-Frank Financial Reform Bill. Its replacement, the Financial Choice Act, now goes to the House floor for debate and a vote. The rewrite followed hours of thoughtful discussion among lawmakers about the true cause of the 2008 financial crisis. Finally, IR Magazine won the prize for Investment Publication of the Year at the Wills Towers Watson Media Awards. IR Magazine distinguished itself for its work uncovering the glass ceiling in the investor relations industry. We feel like the importance of the IRO has been very much underappreciated and undercovered. 
Nate Sharp teaches financial accounting and corporate reporting at Texas A&M University. And so we felt like this study would hopefully be able to present kind of a big step forward in understanding the importance of investor relations and to the extent to which the fingerprints of the IRO are all over these company disclosures that we've been studying for years in academia, but really more from the perspective of the top management team, the CEO and CFO, for instance, without really giving IROs the credit they deserved. When others look at you, what do they see? takeaways in the paper did surround the conference call setting. And so I don't know that these will be revelations to IROs so much as they were big revelations to the academic world. When scientists focus on the world of corporate disclosure, they often see only the surface. People would read our paper and come away from it with a sense that the earnings conference call is a bit more, I guess the word theater is one that we've kind of thrown around a little bit. There's more theater involved than what we maybe fully understood or appreciated before. And by that we mean the presentation portion of the call is scripted and often pre-recorded, you know, prior to the date and time of the actual call so that what you're listening to is often potentially something that was recorded a day or two previously just to make sure everything's smooth and there's no technical problems. But the, this idea that, for example, analysts are feeding questions to management days or even weeks ahead of time to let them know the kinds of things that they want to ask on the conference call such that it's really no longer, it's not really a spontaneous event where management is kind of being put on the spot and being and having their feet held to the fire a little bit, but instead <clears throat> it's much more of a give and take between management and analysts. And of course, the vast majority of people who participate on these calls come from the sell side. I mean, it's like 80, 90%. The buy side's not on there very often, but what we learned in our survey is that it's not uncommon for buy side analysts and portfolio managers, for example, to feed questions to their sell side uh, analysts. They will either text or instant message or somehow send to them questions they want to have asked on the call. That way, they don't have to reveal themselves and sort of reveal their hand, so to speak. That's one of the things we documented that sort of lends to that idea that these conference calls are not exactly what they seem to be. There's more going on behind the scenes than we realize. To lift the curtain, the scientists observed the process rather than the consequence of IR. We've had a lot of interest in academia already in it. My co-authors and I are biased, but we feel like it's just packed with a lot of really fascinating insights. And that means it's time for another episode of IR Insights. 
chance to test your investor relations skill and benchmark your process. Here's your host, Johnny Oddlot. Hey, everybody. Boy, we got a great show for you. Thank you. 600 IRO surveyed. Top four answers might be on the board. You got to try get the most popular answer. Here's the first question. Name the most important conduit for communicating your company's message to institutional investors. Is it public earnings conference calls, social media, sell-side analysts, 10Ks, or private phone calls? Survey said public earnings conference calls. Not far down the list, though, private phone calls. Let's go to Nate Sharp at Texas A&M for commentary. In a Reg FD world where selective disclosure or private disclosure of material information is prohibited, at a minimum, it's just interesting that analysts on the sell side and the buy side and now management itself via the IRO, all three of them have said the private phone calls we have with each other are extremely valuable. Thank you, Nate. Let's move on. Question number two. Name the number one thing your boss thinks about when he or she thinks about your job performance. Is it your company's ability to meet or beat analyst consensus, preparing and managing earnings conference calls, or the number and quality of investor meetings? Survey says... Earnings conference calls. Nate Sharp. That's clearly a setting that management believes is extremely important. And clearly, IROs are held accountable for how that works. And the number one most important determinant of their job performance assessment is the way they prepare for and manage that public earnings conference call. Last question. Who is most likely to be in your conference call Q&A queue? Is it sell-side analysts, buy-siders, or business press? Tell us, Nate. For more than half of the companies in our sample, there's not a single institutional investor in the queue. But there are eight sell-side analysts in the queue. Our corporate disclosure scientists have much to learn about the mysterious world of IR, but they're on track. And Sharp promises that science will march forward. We've got literally hundreds of papers on disclosure. Some, at least some prior researchers, we think were barking up the wrong tree. They were attributing some things to the CEO or CFO that were probably in reality something more attributable to the IRO. So we hope we can call attention to that. And from, you know, we're not going to see, you know, overnight a hundred new studies, peer reviewed studies on investor relations officers because it's hard to get the data. But in terms of what we teach in the classroom to our students who are going out 
you know, to become analysts and managers and IR people and portfolio managers and so on. What we teach to them is important. We think there will be more research. Even though the data is hard to get to, there will be ways that you know, resourceful researchers, creative researchers, will look for ways to test and investigate and analyze the effect of the IRO on these different public disclosure events. You can find the full survey online. Google Managing the Narrative. Thanks for listening. In Montreal, I'm Jeff Cossette. You've been listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine. For free access to all the latest global investor relations news and analysis, register at irmagazine.com or download the app. 